0: Hey, hey, we got a bonus episode for you today and some big news coming right up. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies You need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, what's up, folks? Solo episode for you today. It's just me. It's just Chris. I'm just going to be hanging out here probably for like 10 or 15 minutes today. And uh, this episode is going to be a little more off the cuff. Now, what I'm about to say, some of you may have already seen it. If you're subscribed to the Manufacturing Happy Hour YouTube channel, which you can get to if you go to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash YouTube, I announced some pretty big news about two weeks ago. I have left my job as an account manager at Rockwell Automation. Now, there are a couple things going on right now, and the most important thing I should clear up right out of the gate is that Manufacturing Happy Hour is going to continue, and quite frankly, it's going to be bigger than ever. So I turned in my resignation at Rockwell after an 11-year career, and, and quite frankly, that's what most of this episode is going to be about. I'm going to tell you about that more in a second. But to give you an idea of what's coming up, I have just moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I'm in the process of building out my own media and marketing agency for the manufacturing sector. To provide more context around that, because I know a lot of people hear about agencies and whatnot within our space, and, and quite frankly, within, within any industry. But the reality is I'm going to be helping industrial companies uh, turn marketing expenses into marketing investments. There is a shift that needs to happen within the way that people view marketing. This is not just something for brand awareness, although that's important, but it really should be something that helps the sales process, drives people in the funnel, and quite frankly drives them through the funnel as well. So I'll be putting a big focus around content, podcasts, videos, and other digital media that I'm gonna help these companies create and it's gonna be content that converts people that visit their websites, get in touch with them on social media, converts those people to customers. And I know this might sound all theoretical at first, but the other big piece of this is that I have moved to Milwaukee to work with my first client. Their name is SteamChain. You can find them at SteamChain.io. And if you've been listening to this show, you've probably heard of them before. They appeared on episode 5 first, where I interviewed their CEO, Mike Kromachie. And uh, they've been mentioned in the past. They're one of the solutions I'm most excited about in the manufacturing space. And just so you know a bit more about them, if you're just tuning in for the first time, SteamPrint Sheep... Eh, excuse me. Like I said, this is going to be off the cuff, so I might not be able to speak properly all the time. But anyway... Uh, Steam Chain is a company that does what's called machine as a service solutions. Now, you can think of this pretty much as every other as a service type industry. Think of software or think of the office printer industry as a really easy parallel. What Steam Chain does is they allow OEMs to sell equipment based on performance allowing end users to pay for it based on outcomes so this really changes the way that end users can procure equipment and i know this seems like a drastic change but the reality is this is the direction that so many other industries have gone like the best example is the office printer industry Or i think it's one of the easiest ones to understand because no one really buys xerox anymore they're paying for the usage of that printer on a monthly basis. So that's the way I've always described it. So machine as a service is something similar. So whether it's packaging equipment that they're selling based on number of cases made, or let's say a popular thing right now is canning as breweries have had to go to canning beers instead of kegging it. um, That's another great one where you could sell canning equipment, uh, you could sell filling equipment based on the amount of cans or bottles that are filled. So I'm not going to go into them too much today because we are definitely going to be talking about them more on the show coming up as they are the new premier sponsor of Manufacturing Happy Hour. Now what does that mean? What it means is we are going to be ramping up the guests that we have on the show. You can expect bigger folks appearing on the episodes. There are also going to be more events, and there's going to be more focus on building out the best community of manufacturers in the manufacturing space through the Manufacturing Happy Hour industry community. We're almost 300 people strong in that group right now, and if you haven't joined yet, I highly encourage you to do. It's full of leaders in the industrial sector that are really out there to help you and your business grow. It's really a it's a great networking group. It's a great—community is the only way to describe it because it's not networking because these are people that have built genuine relationships with one another that— are selfless and really just looking to advance the industry and help people succeed in their careers. So if you want to join that, head over to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash community. If you want to learn more about Steam Chain, you can go to steamchain.io. But with all of that said, let's get into the focus of today's episode. I mentioned at the start of it that I am leaving Rockwell after spending an 11-year career there. And I think one of the things I wish I saw more people do this, but one thing I certainly want to do to really close out my time at a company that, I mean, quite frankly, kickstarted my career is give them credit and share three things that I am grateful for having worked at Rockwell for over a decade. So I'll just dive in. Number one, when I was working at Rockwell, I learned how to sell. My career there really started with their sales training program in 2010, which was not only helpful for, you know, the tactics and strategies behind selling, negotiations, etc., but it really set me up for success in the field, and one specific example that sticks out during that time was right before I was about to relocate to my first assignment in Houston, Texas. I was grabbing lunch with, at the time, the the VP of the region uh, that Houston and Texas fell under. We were at lunch. We were grabbing burgers at a place called Stacked here in Milwaukee. It's a great burger joint. It was a cold January afternoon. And, you know, I'm sure for that particular executive, um, that meeting was, you know, a fairly run-of-the-mill career discussion with – uh with a young up and coming individual, young career talent as a lot of people call them. Anyway, one thing he said during that meeting has stuck out to me my entire career, and that was if you are not losing, you are not trying hard enough. And I've mentioned that on other podcasts before, but the thing that that really did for me was it helped me be more aggressive in sales, and most importantly, it helped me get comfortable with failure. When I was down in Houston, I mean, like everything is bigger in Texas, and that includes the projects you go after. I had plenty of big wins, but I had plenty of big losses, and quite frankly, those losses came before some of those wins. Um, So needless to say, after pursuing a project for over a year, for example, and then getting the bad news after... Uh, a pursuit that you had involved so many people with, put so much sweat equity into, and, and quite frankly, emotion into as well. I mean, it was just a drag anytime. I mean, any salesperson will tell you that they don't like to lose. But I realized that was part of the process. And reflecting on that advice I was given during that lunch in Milwaukee, I was able to move on. I was able to win the next order. Hey, maybe I lost an order after that. You know, it was, I'd say it was probably about 50-50, you know, but I always thought about that. You know, if I were just going after things that were a comfortable win, I probably wasn't going to be trying hard enough. The reality is selling is a great field that gets you comfortable with failure. Now that I'm going off on my own in a lot of ways to start my own marketing agency, um, I'm probably going to get some bruises along the way, some nicks, you know, scrape my knees a little bit. But I'll certainly be keeping that advice in mind as it has helped me my full career. You know, another thing I learned during that time was to play to your strengths, and this is going to get into my second point here in a second, but you can be, you know, really creative in sales. You can do outside-of-the-box thinking. On At the same time, you could be really analytical. You could know how to analyze a funnel and figure out how to fill in the gaps and figure out how to close those gaps and meet your quota. You know, you could also be great at financial selling, really being able to have a, a balance sheet and a statement of cash flow speak to you and using that as your guide to start Conversations with executives. What I'm saying is, there's no one single way to sell. There are certainly some best practices that you can use in that process. But another thing I learned, especially in Houston right out of the gate, seeing so many people sell in different ways, was that you need to play to your strengths. You need to do what you're best at. And that's ultimately one of the reasons that manufacturing happy hour started. You know, I was comfortable being on camera, I like being behind a microphone. I've played in bands before. It's just. Just part of something I've done, and I knew if I could find a way to incorporate that into my own sales strategies, I'd be better off for it. So, getting comfortable with co- getting comfortable with failure and playing to your strengths. A couple of the big takeaways in learning how to sell at Rockwell Automation. So, that's the first thing I'm grateful for. Second thing I'm grateful for, and this is, this is reflecting on my own career, but also things I've heard from my friends and other people that have, have worked at other companies is... I was really lucky to always have incredible managers. I'm sure many of you listening to this have maybe maybe you, maybe you've had to listen to a friend talk about it, maybe a family member. You know, there there's certainly a lack of leadership in in certain areas in our world. And that's especially reflected when someone is leading a team, has direct reports, and might not be the best leader. There, you know, there are plenty of bad managers out there. But I am lucky to have never had one of them up to this point in my career. I'm going to give a shout out to you know everyone from Houston to the Bay Area that I've worked for. Don, Ben, Scott, Steve, Paul—like I have had some amazing managers during the time at Rockwell. And you know, some of the things I, I think they did were: one, you know, they all had their own unique strengths. I was just talking about it in in the last uh, segment here a second ago. But some were really great at developing early career talent. Talent. Some were really good at understanding the business in and outs. So some were really great at analyzing a funnel and figuring out how to close gaps that way. And I was able to pick up bits and pieces from all of them along the way. And I was really, I mean, like I said, I was really lucky to be able to have that type of mentorship um, throughout my career as I was going through it. Um, So playing to your strengths and also, you know, being self-aware in that process as well. I think, uh, you know, I think all my managers knew what what they were, what they really excelled at in the areas that, you know, maybe they wouldn't dive into as much. But, uh, you know, no one was ever ashamed to say, hey, this person in the office is really good at this too. Like I was always... You know, being pointed in the direction of, hey, if you want to learn how to be a better executive salesperson, for example, my managers could always point me to a couple other individuals that could help out with that in addition to them being a resource. So anyway, where I'm going with that, um, you know, a lot of good help early in my career, but also – you know, not just direction like that, but challenging me as well to be my best. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't always easy. Like if my numbers were down, I needed to know why. I needed to have a plan to fix that as well. And I think in addition to that, they challenged me to be my best self, which is ultimately why I got the nod from one of my managers to start Manufacturing Happy Hour when I said, hey, I have this crazy idea. Let's start a video series where, you know, we... Drink a beer, but we talk about something that's important to our industry. Talk about a new product. Talk about some trend that's taking place in the manufacturing sector. Let's talk about it over a beer in an approachable fashion. And you know, if it hadn't been for my managers, I probably never would have been able to do that. And and I know I've been speaking specifically in terms of the people I've worked for, but the second piece of this is I was really lucky to work with some incredible teams at Rockwell Automation, not only from the leadership, but the technical gurus that were there, the folks that were specialists, whether it was drives, controllers, um, expertise in a particular industry, whether that was oil and gas, whether that was med device, like just the depth of knowledge, the people had throughout Rockwell Automation, the number of resources you could go to. You know, I talk about sales pursuits and winning and losing. With any of those, if, if, if you know, we won as a team, we lost as a team. I might have been the quarterback in a number of those scenarios, but I had some tremendous help supporting me. And, you know, we, we made it through the good times. We made it through the challenging times. But I'll wrap up this second point saying, hey, I was really lucky to work with some incredible people. And that goes back, or I should say, that goes into the third and final thing I'm going to talk about is culture. Anyone that knows Rockwell Automation, uh, anyone that, quite frankly, anyone that's within the manufacturing industry knows that the culture at Rockwell is the envy of the industry. Anyone that has worked there, anyone that still works there, anyone that wishes they worked at Rockwell knows the culture is what makes it stand out and that's like i said have an incredibly competent people to have to help you through your sales pursuits you know i think one one of the areas that really jumps out is that in in many of the efforts i went after at rockwell we would have people with vp titles senior vp titles director level titles specialist you know at the end of the day the role didn't matter. Everyone was willing to roll up their sleeves and get involved and do what it took to help win that order. And beyond just the go getterness of the culture, the culture of inclusion that Rockwell has is second to none. And it is something that has just been so deeply ingrained in my career from uh, the time I started at Rockwell to the time I finished there just last week understanding the importance of having diversity of thought, diversity of backgrounds and how that really plays into the strengths of uh, strengths of a company. you really see it reflected um, not only in the type of people you work with in Rockwell, but the type of results that Rockwell is able to get. So third and final thing, the culture at Rockwell Automation couldn't have asked for a better spot to spend the first 11 years of my career. And the reality is, um, you know, I'm still in the Rockwell family in some ways. Talked about Steam Chain. Steam Chain is founded by a lot of Rockwell alumni. You know, it's I think I think every company could stand to promote their alumni network a little bit more. And it's, uh, you know, I moved to Milwaukee. I'm living in a neighborhood south of the Clock Tower. I'm sure I'm still going to be seeing a lot of colleagues around, maybe even working with colleagues. Who knows how, uh, how that will go. But it was an amazing ride. I'm excited for the next step. And uh, I just wanted to share some of that here in the podcast since... You know, typically these episodes are pretty formal, but right now I'm just recording this in my uh, n- empty new home. I should say, still, still waiting for the furniture to arrive. Enjoying a beverage and just reflecting on uh, on what a great um, experience I had and how Rockwell really prepared me for, um, you know, where I am today. So. With that, we're gonna wrap things up today. Those are the things I'm grateful for from my career at Rockwell, or I should I should say the the top of the list. I'm sure we could go deep, deeper into any one of those but more regularly scheduled episodes of manufacturing happy hour coming up more interviews our next episode is going to be a solo episode I'm actually going to be talking about some podcasting best practices it's been a while since we've done that and I think you'll enjoy that episode and whether you have a podcast or you're thinking about starting a podcast particularly a niche one in the industrial space I'm going to provide some tips that I think will go a long way in our next episode so with that as a call to action, since Manufacturing Happy Hour is still rolling on, if you would like to join the Manufacturing Happy Hour industry community again, you can do that at manufacturinghappyhour.com community. That'll take you straight to our group on LinkedIn, where almost 300 manufacturing leaders at the time of this recording regularly communicate with one another to advance our industry and help people take their careers to the next level. Looking forward to having you back here on Manufacturing Happy Hour real soon. In the meantime, stay innovative, stay thirsty. We'll catch you back here next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.